Hey, come on, who's glad to be at church today? Y'all glad to be here? I am so, so pumped, so glad that you're with us today, honored that you're with us today, and I especially want to give a big shout out right now to those who are online with us today. Thank you so much for being part of this service with us. You're not just a viewer online somewhere, you are part of this church family. So one more time, church, let's just give it up for everybody who's watching online. Thank you. Thanks for being part of it. So, um... I, I, I just realized something a couple weeks ago. I was, I was doing, uh, checking uh, some email, and I was searching my email database. I was looking for a particular document, and I, I came across an email that uh, was, was the very first proposal that we ever sent to the owners of this building, asking them to consider us as a tenant here. And I want you to listen to this. Check this out. This was the very first proposal we ever sent was one year ago, yesterday. Come on, somebody. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. 366 days now since we sent that uh, proposal, and here we are. And I want to just, I want to shout out to the to men and women, people who've been serving so well here to get this place ready. And you know, it's not 100% ready. We don't even have doorknobs on the doors back there because they're back ordered, y'all. But we're going to have church. We can have church. So shout out to everybody who's been serving. Let's just let them know, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting this place ready for us today. We're grateful for that, grateful. And, and I want to let you know that coming up uh, today, we're starting a brand new series called Choose Joy. And we're going to be talking about how do we do that? How do we choose joy? What, what's the big deal, right? But in three Sundays, I'm going to begin a teaching series about the end times, all right? And uh, you know, uh, here's what I know about the end times. I'm, I'm teaching this because I asked the dream team, the, the people who serve here, I said, hey, what are some things, what are some topics that are really on your mind right now, some things you're thinking about? And, and end times and fear were the number one things. And so I just said, I'm, I'm going to teach on end times in three Sundays, and here's the gist of the series, all right? Jesus is coming. We don't know when, so we better live right. Come on, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know, but I'm going to try my best to teach about the end times, and, and that's coming up in a couple weeks. But what I want to do real quick is uh, kind of give you a pre-message little nugget. I want to talk directly to those of you who maybe are here for the very first time. You're at City Hope for the first time, and you're going, what, what just happened? What was, what was all the, the worship and the lights, and it looked like the building was on fire? Why, the, why was there haze coming down? Like, what was going on? And and I, I want to just welcome you, first of all, but I, what my prayer is for you is that this will be the kind of place where you can lean in, where you can, you can come back again and again, and you can put some roots down in this church. I hope that this is the kind of church where you can build some relationships and build some friendships. And so I want to give you our vision real quick, our vision for you. And, and it's really not just our vision for you. It's God's vision. It's God's prayer our prayer for you, and that is four things found all throughout the scripture, four things, and the first thing is this, what we really want for you is that you would know God. Above everything else, this is the one thing, if you don't do anything else, that you would know God, that you would have a life-giving, intimate relationship with him that's not based on do's and don'ts, it's not about rules and regulations, it is a life-giving relationship with Jesus. And when you, when, you find, when you come to know God, that's the point when you can begin to find freedom. See, because finding freedom is about settling yesterday. Who, who, anybody got some yesterdays y'all need to settle? Like some of us are looking in the rear view. We're looking in the rear view way too much. We're, we're worried about yesterday, and can I just tell you, the past is in the past. 
It's a new day. God's got something great for us. And so we got to find freedom from those things so that we can discover the purpose God has for us. God created you for a purpose. He brought you here for a purpose. There's a reason you're alive. There's a reason you're breathing. And that is for a purpose, a destiny. So that when you discover your purpose, you can go and make a difference. All right. And today's message is a lot of, it's, it's a lot of these things kind of woven throughout. But what I want to do is I want to show you in Scripture where there's these four things show up over and over again through Scripture. And I want to show it to you real quick in Isaiah chapter 61. This is, this is the Scripture where Jesus, he actually, um, he read this from the book of Isaiah. And then at the end of reading it, he said, this Scripture has been fulfilled before your very eyes. And then he went, he dropped the mic and sat down, right? He's like... I'm the Messiah kind of a moment. And so it's Isaiah 61. You're going to see these four things in this passage. And it says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Isaiah said, because he's anointing me to preach good tidings. He's anointing me to help people find God. He's anointing me to help people know God, to, to have a relationship with. He's anointing me to preach good news. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me He's, he sent Jesus on this earth to help people find freedom from, from the liberty, from the captivity that they've been in, to find freedom from the prison that they've been living in. Come on, don't you know that sometimes you can be living in hell on earth right here? It's just, it's, it's just something that God wants to set us free from, that we would find freedom and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I love this part, the day of vengeance of our God. Now, some people think that the vengeance he's talking about is toward them. Well, that's, I knew it. He's going to zap me like a lightning bolt. I just knew it. No, no, that's not what God wants. God's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He's not frustrated at you. He loves you so much. And this vengeance isn't towards you. It's toward the enemy. Oh, he's gonna, There's one day coming. He's going to put the enemy, that old slew foot, the devil... He's going to put him in his place. By the way, if you're, if you're like, why does he keep talking like that? Because I'm from Tennessee, and it just comes out every once in a while. All right? It just comes out every once in a while. He, the vengeance is for the enemy. All right? I also lived in Alabama for 15 years, so you can't blame me for, for that. Rotad. Uh, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to comfort all who mourn. The, the Bible says God anointed us to comfort those who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion. This is where we begin to discover purpose in our lives, that God wants to give us beauty for ashes. He wants to get us out of the pit that we've, lived in, that we've been living in. He wants to raise us out of the despair that we've been in. He wants to give us a purpose for our lives, the oil of joy that we're talking about today, and the garment of praise. If you were wondering, why do they get loud like that at City Hope? Why are they lifting their hands? Why are they clapping? Why are they singing like that? Why is the music a little bit loud? Because we, we have a garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness that we've been living in. Come on. I'm just, I just want to worship God. I just want to take a moment and just honor him and just, just take my eyes off of my situation. Let him give me the garment of praise. That, that's, that's discovering purpose. So that we can make a difference. Check this out. Our hope for you, our vision for you, God's vision for your life is that you would know him, find freedom, discover purpose, so that you can be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that Jesus can be glorified. And, and so you will rebuild the city of Wichita Falls. 
so that you shall raise up the former desolations of Texoma. And, and, what, and, and so that you will repair the ruined cities of this region and, and the desolations of many generations. In other words, the generations before us, they can't hold a candle to what God's about to do in this region. Come on, somebody. And he's going to do it through you when you begin to make a difference. That's our prayer for you. So here, here's what I would, I would say to you. If you're a guest and you're trying to figure out, is this a place you can call home? Is, is, is this the place I can... I can belong. I want you to know you belong here before you believe here. You belong here. You don't have to believe like us to, be, to come to church here. You don't have to have your life just right to come to church here. You've you, you got to actually get close to God before you can change your life. Come on, somebody. So here's what I invite you to do. Every once in a while, I give a one-year challenge. And today, I want to give you that, a one-year challenge. And what that is is give us a year of your life. And, and, and come to church on Sunday and, and get in a small group. That's where you find freedom, where you start taking off the mask. And go through our growth track where you can discover the purpose God has for your life and start making a difference. Start focusing on other people and not just yourself. Give us a year of that, and I promise you, a year from now, you won't recognize the person you were. Is there anybody in the house today that would say, that was me, Pastor Ben. You're talking to me today. Come on, somebody. Let's give God thanks for that. Go all in. Go all in. All in. And I promise you, you, you won't know the difference it'll make until you do. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about joy today. Everybody say joy. joy. All right, that was just a precursor to the message. That wasn't even part of the message, just precursor, all right? So here we go. We're going to talk about joy. And um, we're beginning a, a three-week series today called Choose Joy. And the reason it's called Choose Joy is because you have to choose joy, don't you? It doesn't just come natural to us a lot of times. You've got you've to choose it. You've got to choose to walk in it. You've got to choose to live in joy. And there are some choices that we have to make. Today I want to talk about the life-changing choice of joy. The life-changing choice of joy. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, and, and I want to kind of set it up for you, give you a little bit of backstory. That in 2019, uh, we started our church last year, January 27, 2019. It was an incredible day, and last year was an incredible year. God was doing some amazing things, but there were still some things stealing our joy. By the end of 2019, we were just kind of going through the motions. I mean, we had been, we'd been running and gunning, just so busy. We weren't resting well. We weren't refreshed. We, we, were, we were working really hard, but not enjoying the ride. Have you ever been there before? We just kind of going through the motions. That's where we were. And, and at the end of 2019, I was wore out. Um, I kind of I felt then like I feel right now where we, we've been working so hard to get into this building, and I just need a little bit of joy, Jesus. So at the end of the year, I felt like God gave me a word for me personally, but also for the church, and that is the word joy, J-O-Y, joy. And, and so I preached a message on the last Sunday of 2019, um, it was, it was about joy. It was called Joy Will Come. And I knew that coming into this year, I'd be talking about it again. I'd revisit this topic of joy. And joy is not just a word that we kind of throw around here, but it's actually a, it's a core value for us at City Hope because we believe that church ought to be a party, not a presentation. 
Uh, we just believe that church should be enjoyed, not endured. Like when you leave here, you ought to be saying, man, I can't wait for next week. You say, you say there's another service after this? I'm thinking to stay for that service. I'm staying. Like it ought to be the kind of place where you can't wait to get back. And we, we've been praying for that kind of church, that we would be that kind of church where if you miss it, you actually miss it. You know what I'm talking about? Like you want to be there. It ought to be a, a, a delight for us, not a duty. It, it ought to be something we can't wait to get to. And so it's, not, it, it's a value for us, but my goodness, we, we love joy around here. But it, it's, it's a little bit more than that too. Uh, joy is this inward thing that I want to talk about today. And, and I think if we were all, let me say it this way, 2020 has impacted us and affected us more than we realize. If you're, if you're able to admit that, 2020 has been a crazy year. So I figured if we're going to have some joy, why don't we laugh a little bit, okay? And so I, I scoured the interwebs for some memes. I love memes. They're funny, classic. And so uh, this is, this is uh, I'm not trying to be insensitive, okay? But 2020 has given us a lot of opportunity for joy. Come on, somebody. So here are some memes to just help us laugh a little bit. All right, here we go. Let's check out these memes. Lockdown has affected us, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> that is funny right there. That is funny. Uh, what about this next one? 2019, get off your phone and go outside. 2020, get on your phone and stay inside. It's just a different, it's a different season, right? The next one, why aren't there handles on doors anymore? Wesley, it's time to tell you about 2020. <laughs> what happened then, right? Uh, oh, this one's classic. Oh my goodness, have y'all ever felt like that this year? Like, just hitting a brick wall, my goodness. How about the next one? Every parent right now. No matter if, if you're starting school in person, you're homeschooling, you're school online, you're like, oh, the next one, 2020's almost over, we're in the home stretch. The home stretch. Are you serious? A month of 2020 finishes, but wait, there's more. And, and this one's really good. If 2020 was a bag of chips. Get, get it out, get it out. Right? It's 2020's been crazy, y'all. Anybody with me? It's just been a crazy year. It's, it's, been, it's been nuts. So um, I, I think 2020's brought some trials, some testing, some things along the way. And, and the Bible's not silent on it, okay? The Bible actually has some things to say about trials and difficulties and situations. The Bible talks about it. So I, I want us to look at the book of James, and, and I want to set this up. There's a theme verse for this series in the book of James, but I want us to take a look at it, and, and I'm going to give you some context first, because uh, James starts his book by saying, I'm James, James, a servant of God. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that seems pretty normal. That's like, okay, well, everybody in the Bible wrote their book that way. Like, here's James. Cool. But remember, James is the brother of Jesus. So he doesn't start out with, you know, pride and arrogance and like, oh, y'all don't know who I am. Because if I would have wrote the book of James, if I were James, I would have said, James, the brother of Jesus. Right? 
He doesn't do that. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm a servant of God. I'm, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all know Christianity has to be real if the brother of Jesus calls himself a servant. Because if, if you were writing the book, you'd, you, hey, you'd be rolling your brother under the bus. James, a servant of Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus did when he was a kid, right? <laughs> let, let, let me tell you how he acted. He wasn't all that holy, right? You, you, you'd be writing a book about him. But James does it. He says, I'm a servant of Jesus. And he's writing this letter to the 12 tribes scattered. Kind of sounds like where we are in our church right now. We're scattered across the city. We're scattered across Texoma because there's some people cautiously watching from home. And we honor that. We respect that. There's, there's people who are just scattered. They're watching online. They're, they're really not able to be part of a gathering like this right now. And we're scattered. And it's okay to be that way. right? But verse 2 is where the theme verse comes in. And it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now hold up, James. Consider it joy? You, you want me to find joy in the trials that we face on earth? You, you, you want me to find joy in this? He says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And we've been through some trials this year, right? Here's what I know about trials. You're either going through a trial right now, uh, you're in the middle of a trial right now, or you're figuring to go through a trial <laughs> right now. Well, Pastor Ben, that's not very positive. You need to be positive. I am positive you're going to go through a trial. It's going to happen. We're going to go through a trial. We've been through some trials over the years. We've been through some trials this year. In fact, over the last year, we've been trying to potty train our youngest son. Y'all know, know about potty training. It is, it's not fun, right? So we've been trying to potty train him for a while, and he, he's finally there. He's finally going number one and number two in the potty. But there for a while, I thought to myself, he is going to high school in diapers. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get through this. Honest to God, I'm telling you what I'm about to tell you. If I'm lying, I'm dying. When we first moved here, we were doing small group. And he said, Dad, i got to go to the potty. He went to the bathroom and dropped a deuce in the floor. Didn't tell anybody, just, just peaced out and left it for somebody in the small group to, to discover. <laughs> Talking about some trials, y'all. We're going through some things. It's like, God, why? It's tough. But, but notice he says trials of many kinds. All right, so, so potty training is one kind of trial, but you might be going through a different trial altogether. And it's okay. Consider it pure joy. So it goes on in verse th uh, 4, and he says, let perseverance finish the work so that you may mature and complete. Now, let me tell you something real quick. Let, let me explain this. James isn't telling us to count the trial as joy. He's not saying, consider what you're going through, the tribulation, the testing joy. What he's saying is, consider the outcome of where you're going to be after this trial is complete. Consider that joy because it's going to develop you. It's going to make you into somebody that you were called to be. Are you with me? The trial is going to develop you, so consider the outcome, joy. And, and he, says, he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And this is what Jesus wants for us, that we would be mature and complete. Amen? Amen. 
So the trials we face aren't supposed to knock us down. They're not supposed to knock us out. They're supposed to make us into what God has called us to be. And we can count that as joy. Amen? <laughs> All right, I hope, I hope you're following me on that. But here's the deal. The truth is that 2020, I think, has taken all of us by surprise. I think it's, it's been more of a struggle for us than we maybe care to admit. I think we're dealing with things on a level that maybe we're not comfortable expressing right now. Like, we're, we're not ready to acknowledge that it's been a tough year, but it's, it's taken a toll. It's taken a toll on us. Think about it this way. Right now, across America, across our city, there are people who are polarized. They're, to be polarized means that you, there's a sharp divide between you and another person because of something. And people are polarized by a pandemic. You're going to wear a mask. No, you don't wear a mask. It's a conspiracy. No, 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 no. And it's two sides. And what does it do? Steals our joy. People are, are polarized by protests. Well, it's, it's these people over here. It's the way they're... No, it's these people over here. They're the ones that's causing it. And they're polarized. Steals our joy. People are polarized by politics. Come on, somebody. There's something like an election or something coming up this year. And people are polarized. Well, you vote one way and I vote another. We just can't be friends. We don't see eye to eye. We just won't be around each other. And we're polarized. Choosing sides over silly things. And if none of that affects you, people are polarized by people. <laughs> just other people. Man, relationships are messy. Relationships, they're not the easiest things sometimes. And so we get polarized. We choose sides. We're divided over things. And what I think... It's happening is that people are becoming more skeptical, more sarcastic, and more cynical than they've ever been before. So I'm just going to distance myself. I'm just going to push myself back because yeah, I really don't need all this. And, and so it steals. What happens is it steals our joy. So what I want you to know is this, that joy is way more than a value. It's way more than just a value for City Hope. It is the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross was to give you salvation, yes, but joy. The Bible says that you were the joy set before him. He went to the cross because of you. You were the joy that he went to the cross for. Are you with me? So, so think about it that way. It's way more than a value. It's the joy that drove Jesus to the cross. It was you and it was me that drove him to the cross. So it would be a tragedy if you went this entire year without growing, it would be a tragedy if you went this entire year without developing your, your spiritual walk with Christ. It would be a tragedy if you went this whole year without, letting, without finding joy, without letting that joy well up inside of you, without finding that and choosing joy. It would be a tragedy. And let me just encourage you with this. Don't let this year be a waste for you. Come on, make a decision right now. I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing joy in Jesus' name. So how do we do it, Pastor Ben? You've convinced me. We need some joy. How? How do I choose it? How do I, how do I consider it pure joy? How do I live like Paul, who in 2 Corinthians said, I'm sorrowful, but always rejoicing? How do you do that? How, Pastor Ben, do you, can I be poor, but make other people rich? Not just monetarily, but how can I have nothing and yet possess everything? I've got it all. How do I do that, Pastor Ben? Well, there's a divine order of joy. 
It has to be a certain way. If you want joy in your life, there's a certain way, there's certain decisions that you've got to make. And it's a divine order. And it's found in the word joy itself, all right? So if you've got notes, when you came in, you received a worship guide. If you've got notes, you can pull those out, take notes with me. The scripture's in your notes. It's also here. And write this first one down. The first thing you have to do, if you want, the, if you want joy, is you've you got to put Jesus first. The J is Jesus. I've got to put Jesus first in my life. Jesus, you, let me say it this way. You can't have joy unless you have Jesus. He is the beginning of joy. He is joy. So if Jesus isn't first in your life, don't expect joy to be present in your life. If Jesus has to be the first. I love the way the psalmist David says it in, in Psalm chapter 4. He's the king of Israel, right? And he's not focused on outward circumstance. He's not looking at other people to make him happy. He's found the real key of joy, and he says, why is everyone hungry for more? In other words, they're trying to find joy in things, in people, in places, in properties, in a raise, in a boss, in a teacher, in a grade. Why is everybody hungry for more? And he says, I have God's more than enough. More joy in one ordinary day than they have in all of their shopping sprees. Man, I love that. At the, at the day's end, not, not the day's end, because you can't find joy at day's end. <laughs> you ain't finding no joy there, right? We're going to upgrade to the next level, right? Uh, no, if, if you, at the, that's on, sorry. At the day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep. In other words, in other words at the day's end, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sleep. I, I have found at the end of the day, I'm resting well because my joy isn't in people. My joy isn't in things. My joy isn't in places because you, God, have put me back together. That is why I can have joy. Amen? <laughs> Jesus first. Jesus first. So there are two kinds of joy that David talks about here. It's an inward joy found in God and an outward happiness that's based on, it's based on your circumstances, based on what other people can do for you. And I'm just telling you, you're going to find real joy in the Lord, not in those circumstances. So, so think about it this way, that, that Jesus can't just be one of many things on your list. There's a divine order of joy. He has to be first. He can't be one of many things. He can't be on your list. He has to be at the top of your list. If he's not at the top of your list, he ain't on your list. He's got to be number one, the, the, the first priority in our lives. Matthew 6.33 says it this way. If we seek first, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. When you put God first, all of these other things will be added to you. What other things? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Those are the things that God wants to add to you. But, but you have to put him first. Are you with me? Come on, are you there? Is this helping anybody? Okay. Well, okay, Pastor. But anyway, I, I got to put Jesus. Got to put Jesus first. I get it. I got to put Jesus first because if He's not first, then then you're not really experiencing real joy. Okay. So that's the J. J is Jesus. That's the first step of the order of joy. But the second step is this: others. Write it in your notes. Others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on others. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to put others 
first in my life. Your life can't just be about you. Me, myself, and I can't be that way. Your life has to be focused on outside of, of, of you. Um, before you meet Jesus, life is all about you, right? I mean, it's me, myself, and I. It's what's in it for me. What do I get out of it? That's before Christ. We live to get before Christ. But when we come to know God, he changes that. Jesus flips the script, and it goes from living to get to living to give. I exist to make a difference in other people. And found in, in Acts, it says it this way, that in everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work that we got to help the weak, y'all. We got to take care of the downtrodden. We got to serve those who are less fortunate. We got to serve those who are marginalized. We got to serve those who are dealing with things in their life. We got to serve some people because it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's better. I'm going to be happier. It's, um, if, if I remember correctly, the Greek word is hilarioso. I, I am, it's, I, I'm cheerful to give. It's joyous. I'm, I'm so happy to give and not just to get. Are you following me? That's what God does. When, when, when we put Jesus first, then we put others first, we're on our way to joy. So, okay, we've got to serve others. We've got to put others first. What, why, Pastor Ben, why put others first? Because when you do that, when you put other people first, it helps you, it helps you see, help, it distracts you from your own needs. Helps you see that it's not all about you. Distracts you. Have you ever noticed that when you serve other people, you forget about what you're going through? You forget about what you're dealing with? That's why serving is so much fun. I, I really believe it's one of the things we do well as a church, that we just serve people. And it's, it's just fun. I get to forget about everything else for a little bit while, while I mow somebody's yard or I paint their house or whatever I'm doing or I'm grilling a burger or just washing, whatever I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my mind off of my needs and I'm putting them on somebody else to make a difference. So serving others, what does it do for me? When we put others first, it, it helps us see the solution. Because when you're, when you're wrapped up in it, you can't see what to do. You're over here wringing your hands like, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just bad. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna, where I'm going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. And you, you can't see the solution. My marriage is a wreck, and I just don't know where to turn to. And then somebody comes to you and says, my marriage is a wreck. And you go, here's what you do. You can see it better for them. When you're in the middle of it, your mind is clouded, and you're blinded by things. But somebody comes to you, and you say, here's what you do. You, you go to this small group, and you get involved over here, and you go through the growth track. You start serving. Hey, get involved in church. Go through the freedom group. Man, what you really need to do is go see this uh, marriage counselor that we went to a while back. Go over here, and you're giving them advice that you haven't even thought of for yourself, right? And, and you go, oh, man, why didn't, I, why didn't we do this, right? It's just the way, the way it works. And, and then the third thing, when we, when we serve others, when we put others first, it, it actually allows us to put everything in the right perspective. That we look, we look at things in a different lens. We put it in the right, the right perspective. Because when, when, when you're in the middle of it, when you're going through a trial, tribulation, uh, you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is so bad. I don't know, man, I can't, I can't do this. It's just terrible, right? Your theme song is from the, from the show Hee Haw. Anybody remember Hee Haw? Yeah. Gloom, despair, 
and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. That's your song. Like, your theme song is, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. You're just kind of down in the dumps, and, and, and you got the wrong perspective. You're looking at it, and, and nobody could know what you're going through. Nobody could know what you're dealing with. But when you begin to put others first, and you serve others... Here's what it does. It takes your eyes off of your issues and you begin to see that you, it's not as bad for you as you thought it was and you're a whole lot more blessed than you thought you were. Come on, somebody. It's when we take our eyes off of the this, this situation, take our eyes off of ourselves. So one of the best ways that we can help you um, put other people first is through what we call the growth track. And so at City Hope, we have... A growth track that happens every month, and it, it starts back up in October. It's four Sundays. All we ask is four Sundays of your life, and we, ju we just say, hey, we're going to help you discover the purpose God ha has for you. We're going to help you begin to make a difference. And so two Sundays from today uh, is step one. Step one's all about, it's about the vision of the church. It's about uh, who we are, where we're going. It's church membership. That's where, if you're wondering, man, how do you join this church? That's it, through through the growth track. And then step two is always on the second Sunday of every month. And it's all about discovering your purpose. We actually walk you through some uh, spiritual gifts assessments. And we help you discover the gifts that God's put inside of you. And we give you a little personality profile in case you didn't know your personality. Right? Because it's really more for, uh, for you than it is for everybody else. Because <laughs> everybody else knows your personality. Um, so, so we walk you through that, and we help you discover those gifts and purposes. Then, in step three, always on the third Sunday of every month, it's about leadership. And I'm blown away that so many people, you, you, you don't feel like you're a leader. You don't feel like you're qualified. And what we teach you there is that you are a leader because you have influence over somebody else. That's leadership. And then step four, always on the fourth Sunday, is about taking all of that, those first three steps, beginning to make a difference, beginning to focus on others, beginning to, to lead by example and put other people first. And I believe this. I believe that if you'll do that, if you'll begin to focus on other people, you'll never be more fulfilled in your life than when you take your eyes off yourself and serve somebody else. Could, could I get an amen on that? If you just believe that, I just believe it. I really do. So the divine order is Jesus, others, and then number three, yourself so so get this um it's it's not you first hey you're not even the first loser you're not even second you're third down the list but but this really goes against what we teach in america oh you got to take care of yourself first if you can't take care of yourself you can't take care of nobody else and, and while i understand the logic there um i'm gonna go a different way and, and I'm going to say it this way. You can't, uh, the divine order, if you want real joy in your life, it can't be Jesus and just you. Like, yeah, it's just Jesus and me. You know, we don't really like people that much, so we're not going to get around folks. It's just, just, just me and Jesus. It can't be that way. You won't have real joy. And it can't be just Jesus and others. Yeah, I don't really, you know, it's not really about me, and I don't need all those relationships. I, you know, I, don't, I don't need all that other stuff. It's, it's just, you know, it's just me, me, Jesus, and 
You know, it's just Jesus and some other people. I just, that's all I need. It can't be that way. It has to be Jesus. I'm going to show it to you in, in a different way. It has to be Jesus plus others coming to church on Sunday, getting in a small group, going through the growth track. Others plus you. That is when you're going to find joy. It's the divine order. It's the way God created it. It's the way God meant it to be. And, and so I'm going to say it this way. Here's what I really mean. That you were meant for relationships. You were meant for relationships. God created you with a, a God-shaped void in your life that will never, ever be fulfilled by anything else on this earth. You won't find the solution to that void in a bottle or a pill or a relationship or anything else. You can't find it in a dollar figure. You can't find it in a vehicle or a car. You will never find the, the joy of that moment except in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? But he also created you with this void in your life to have a relationship with other people. He created you with this need. It's an inherent, it's, it's, it's an innate desire inside of you to be in relationship with other people, to relate to other people, to have friends. It's in our human nature, right? It's, it, it's inside of us. He created that for us. And so I'm telling you that you're only going to be satisfied with real joy in your life when it's Jesus, others, and you. But if you want to take care of you, if you, if you want to grow, if you want to mature, if you want to develop, and, and, and 2020 is not over yet, Pastor, I'm going to make sure I use the rest of this year. I'm going to grow. If you want to do that, it's got to be with Jesus and others and you. It, it, it has to be. It has to be. See, you were created for so much more. You were created for relationship. And you may feel like 2020 was the worst year of your life. You may feel like giving up. You may feel like you've, you've, you've gone through the fire. You may feel like all these trials and these temptations and these issues that you've been facing, it's the sum total of who you are. But let me tell you today, Jesus and God, they never promised that you wouldn't go through some trials on this earth, but they did promise that you wouldn't have to go through the trials alone. Come on, do you believe that today? You don't have to do it alone. There's some people who want to come around you. There's some people who want to lift you up. I love, I love what Peter said in 1 Peter, that you've got to give all your worries and cares to God. Why, Pastor Ben? Because he cares for you. When you give your cares to him, he cares. He cares about you. So think about it this way. We go to God. We, we ask God for forgiveness, and he forgives us. We pray to God, we, we, re, we confess our sins to God, he forgives us. But in James, where we started today, in chapter 5, he says that we go to people for something else. This is, this is why we need God and people. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But James says, you've got to confess your sins to each other. I ain't doing that, Pastor. People know too much. They talk too much. That's why we have small groups. They confess your sins to each other. Tell somebody what you're going through. Tell somebody about the needs that you have. Pray for each other so that you can be healed. You go to God forgiveness for forgiveness, but you go to somebody else for healing. You can begin to confess that, and you see healing in your life in Jesus' name. So this is where small groups are so important. It's why we do what we do. It's where you begin to take off the mask and you say, hey, I'm dealing with some things. Hey, I, 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 need some, I need some help, but I can't do it without you and I can't do it without Jesus. I need, I need you. 
You take off the mask. You quit pretending that everything's okay. You quit acting like you got it all together and, you know, that you're, you're fine. You, you quit that. I've been doing that a little bit lately. People ask, hey, how you doing? What's going on? I said, I think I'm, I'm a little more worn out than I realize. I think I'm, I'm dealing with some things more than I realize. I, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm tired, right? It's just being able to express that and, and quit putting on the happy face like, oh, man, glory to God. Hallelujah. Life is incredible right now. Couldn't be better. Sometimes that's just not true. Well, Pastor, you got to believe it in faith. Yes, yes. But sometimes you need to be able to tell somebody, hey, I'm not doing well. I'm struggling a little bit. Is this helping anybody today? Yeah. So, so many people, they decide, Pastor, I want to grow. Ben, I, I, want, I want to mature. I want my, my faith to be complete. I really want to grow. But then they try to do it alone. They try to do it by themselves. They try to do it without God and without people. And I'm, I'm just telling you today, you're going to come up short when you do that. You can't do it. We've got to take our eyes off of the, the waves. 2020 has been a, a year of waves. The waves come crashing in. The waves kind of beat you down. The waves of trials and tribulations and temptations and issues, they come one right after the next. But listen to me. Then the same way those waves come crashing in, they will recede. It won't always be that way. It won't always feel like that. It won't always be that way. So we need Jesus. We need others in order for us to be healthy, in order for us to find real joy. Amen? Amen. Hey, will you bow your heads with me today? And I really, I really want to pray uh, for those of you. I just really believe that there's some people who need joy here today. And I want to ask you, um, I always ask this question after every message. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he whispering to you right now? What's he speaking to your heart? Because I, I believe that in a room this size, with this many people, there's some people who you've lost your joy. There's some people that you've, you've been battling some things. You, you've been in trials. You've been in some tribulations. You've, you've been dealing with some issues. And your joy seems so far away. It seems unattainable. It seems like there's no, there's no hope. And if that's you today, if I'm talking to you and you've lost your joy, you've lost your praise, you've lost your reason why, you've, you've lost your passion for Jesus, maybe you're out of order. Maybe you've been putting you first or, or putting others first. And maybe Jesus really hadn't been at the front of your life. You, you believe in him. You love him. But whatever it is, if, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've lost my joy. I'm, I, wanna, I want it back. I need it back. It's a life-changing choice. of Jesus, others, and yourself. If you say that today, Pastor Ben, that's me. I need some joy in my life. Just slip up your hand right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you forward. Nothing like that. God bless you. Thank you. Hands up all over the place and I'm going to pray for you right now right where you are God I thank you that joy isn't something that's fleeting it's not a vapor it's not here today it's not gone tomorrow it's not something that we have to conjure up it's not something we have to achieve it's not something we have to work for 
It's just some choices that we have to make. That we're going to put you first. We're going to focus on others. We're going to serve some people. And as we get in relationship with you and other people around us, we're going to find some real, lasting, tangible joy in our lives. Lord, I pray right now for those who are maybe going through some depression, those who are dealing with anxiety and fear and worry and doubt, those who are trying to find their joy in other places. God, I'm praying right now that you'd pour out your spirit, pour out your presence, pour out your goodness, your mercy, your love. Begin to produce that fruit of joy in them today, Lord. I I thank you for the book of James that says we can count it all joy when suffering abounds, when we face trials of many kinds. That this year doesn't have to be a year that's wasted. This year doesn't have to be a year that we look back on and wish that we could forget. This year can be a year of hope restored, of joy restored. And so, Lord, we ask you today that you would just pour out your spirit on us. Develop us into the people that you've called us to be. Develop us so that at the end of this trial, we can look back and see it was worthy of the joy that we have when it's all said and done. God, I thank you for that. With your head still bowed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, Ben, I, um, you were talking about how if Jesus is at first, then he's not on your list. Well, he's not on my list. Pastor Ben, I want to put Jesus first on my list today. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I've been running from him. I've been doing things my way. I've been trying to accomplish things in my own power. Maybe you're far from God today. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you used to be close to God, but you've kind of, you've decided you're going to go a different way. That you really don't believe anymore. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but you're far and, and you feel the weight of your sin. And listen, we're all sinners. But you feel the weight of it today. You haven't been forgiven. You haven't been given a clean slate. And you would say, Pastor Ben, I'm ready today for a fresh start. I'm ready for a clean slate. I'm ready to put 100% of my trust in Jesus and to put him at first place in my life. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand right where you are? God bless you. Thank you. Who else would say that's me? You don't have to worry. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a minute. Thank you. Who else would say that's me, Ben? Count me in that prayer. I need Jesus. I need to put him in first place in my life today. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. I see your hand. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Count me in, Pastor Ben. I'm all in today. I'm going all in today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, will you forgive me for not putting you first? Will you cleanse me from everything not like you? I want to know you. I'm sorry that I've been living life the way I wanted to live. You've got a plan for me. I want to follow that plan. I want to know you. Will you give me a fresh start today? Cleanse me of all my sins. From this day forward, I choose to put Jesus first, and I will follow you the best I know how the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for four or five people who lifted their hands and said, hey, that's me, Pastor. I'm going all in today. I'm going all in. Amen.